0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Anabaptist Perspectives. I'm here with Ernest Whitmer, and we're in Los Angeles, California. And you would have moved here about, what, 10 years ago, something like that.
1: Yeah. Almost um, exactly.
0: Can you just describe some of the process of your calling to Los Angeles, why you moved your family from Minnesota to here?
1: Yeah, so I was, I was in Minnesota, my family, Rachel and I, and our family. Pastoring a church there in Minnesota, and I received this invitation to um, join a group of uh, men that were going to Los Angeles to uh, do some uh, street witnessing, tract distribution, and so I thought, well, that's a nice little break. I'll do that, and went with them. That would have been in, I believe, it would have been about 99. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, okay. 1999. And... Um, Joined twenty-five men doing that, and we would connect with Ray Comfort in the mornings. He would come over to our hotel room and sit on the floor and talk to us about evangelism, and mm-hmm. and then we would we would go over in the afternoon to his place and we'd buy up his tracks and then we'd hit the streets and wow. and uh, I think that week we distributed about ten thousand tracks. Wow. Twenty-five of us, you know, for to be fishers of men, why we should probably fish where the men are, right? Many, many men and women and children in Los Angeles. What would it be like to live in a place like this? Just kind of a fanciful dream. Didn't ever imagine that it would be possible for my family and I. And then I I believe it was the spring of, yeah, the spring of 07, uh, when I was on my knees praying in our bedroom, and the phone rang. And it was uh, John Bomberger, the CEO for Choice Books, national organization and he introduced himself and said that the board, their board had met and someone on their board said I think I know somebody who might have a heart for Los Angeles and uh, so on that basis, Bamberger called me and I said wow, that would be, be amazing. Um, I don't know how soon we could do something like that, you know we're busy and I'd have to, we, I was involved in construction business, plus we had a senior home care business in our home. To make a long story short, it was almost exactly a year later, March 31st of 2008, that God had put everything together, sold our house on January 1st of that year. Everything was ready.
0: Um, There wasn't any kind of church established at that point or anything. How did that kind of walk through some of that process of getting a church started here? And where is that at? Today, how how has it grown, and what's the impact today? We
1: were here for three years without any additional teammate uh, families or um, wow. staff around us. So it was it was a bit of a lonely time, especially for Rachel and for for our family, for my boys and our girls. We didn't initially start doing the house church thing. We we kind of visited some churches around. Eventually, we just started doing. Um, having Bible studies and fellowship times, worship times in our living room. Soon had a gathering of, oh, there would often be 30 or 40. One of the first years we were contacted by a church in Mississippi whether we would be interested in them coming out and doing a vacation Bible school with us. I remember telling uh, Jim Schrock uh, from Mississippi at the time that you know, I don't personally really have a heart for children, ministries. Uh, I love my own five kids and have a sin I have a heart for them. But that, that really wasn't really my passion. My, my passion is more men, uh, marriages, families, that kind of thing. But I said, if you want to come and put it on, we will certainly accommodate you. And, and they did that. They did a, one week of uh, vacation Bible school with us. And then after that year, my oldest son, our oldest son, Marcel, came to me and he says, you know, Dad, I, I think we could do that ourselves. Basically, on his, his initiative, he rallied his friends from SMBI days and the next thing we knew we had 25, 30 young people uh, joining us the next wow. year for our first two-week period of EBC Evening Bible Camps. Kids ministry wasn't really my passion, mm-hmm. but that's what God used to really spearhead and bring us into contact with our community. And it's out of that that we learned to know Jose and Ana Sanchez and their family, Andrea and Richard and Vanessa, and eventually they began to attend our fellowship. As you note, at this point, Jose is one of our pastors. Jared and Carmen joined us in 11, and he had this dream of a thrift store, and so two years ago, he spearheaded the effort to get the thrift store going, and within six months, I believe it was, we were... We were uh, in the black. It's been growing every, uh, ever since. I, I said that to say this, that then a year ago, about a year ago, uh, one of the managers there, Andrew Miller, just had this vision for starting a church in the thrift store. I think it was June or July of last year, eventually, when we they had their first service. I was a part of that first service, I believe. And, and let me just say about thrift store, too. Jared has maybe mentioned this to you, but it's become not just a place of... <laughs> of transaction, but mm-hmm. but just a connection with the community, and that was really his heart, and and he yeah. he did very well at spreading that passion among the staff there, and it's become a place where the community just loves to come in and, and just enjoy the atmosphere.
0: That's so interesting because some of the people we were talking to at the thrift store, they were just talking, oh, it's just amazing when we come in here just the good vibes, the good feel, and we're like, "Aha, huh yeah, that's the Holy Spirit, you yeah, know, and it's, right, yeah. and, and it's crazy, you know, it's amazing, they can feel that when they walk through yeah. the door. This is kind of broad, but where would you like to see all of this in five years? I mean, you, you talked about how you came, and it was just your family for the first while, and now it's grown to where you have two churches and all these different ministries. <laughs> Clearly, God has blessed this. Where would you like to see this go?
1: I always hate that question when people ask me. At the same time, I love it because there's a very simple answer. And that is I want it exactly where God wants it. You know, I think sometimes we can get busy with all of our imagining and dreaming and planning and strategy. Ten years ago, I would have found it hard to imagine everything that God is doing here. I really would have.
0: What's something for for our audience that if they're interested in either moving to L.A. or getting into urban ministry or just moving to the city, what's some practical advice you can give them?
1: Pray. Uh, Get on your knees and pray. Develop who you are. Ministry is, is not so much about doing, it's about being. Upper your level of emotional health and learn how to work with people resolve problems, come as a healthy person that's the best thing you can do to prepare.
0: And, and I, I, I'm, I'm guessing you're pretty passionate about urban ministry. Like, why specifically outreach in the cities versus something else?
1: To me, it's pretty obvious. It's where the people are. The church is made up of people. Uh, if you're going to be fishers of men, you need to fish where the men and women and children are. And, and ministry is not necessarily about, oh, okay, so I'm going to clock out of my job at 5 o'clock in the evening and then I'll go do ministry. No, no. Ministry is who you are. You know, if I walk across this room with a cup of coffee and you bump into me, what's it going to spill out? <laughs> Lemonade? No. It's going to be coffee, whatever's in there. And it's in the context of who we are that God's life becomes alive and meaningful. To those around us,
0: and people are going to see that a lot more in an urban environment. I'm guessing because there's just people. I mean, as y'all can probably hear filming this, there's noise from outside. There are people banging on something. There was people walking like right here, like through your courtyard. There was kids playing just right over there. There's people just everywhere. As a general rule, the Anabaptists have been much more of rural type people. So. I'm guessing that was a pretty big switch for you. I'm you
1: know, it, wasn't, it really wasn't that big of a deal for my really? family and I. Because we were already living in the city of International Falls, Minnesota. And we were there for a reason. The same reason. We really don't do, I, I tell people this many times, we don't do anything out here in Los Angeles that we weren't doing in, Los, in uh, International Falls. But there are people that are even less outgoing or, than I am. And you know, that's fine. That that's that's wonderful. Still, God has called you not just to give you a nice little home in heaven someday, but God has called you to be a blessing to other people. Mm-hmm. And whatever your gifting is, that's what he's gonna use. That those are the channels that he's gonna use. And whether it's real noisy and active or more quiet and underlying, he's gonna use that. Life is not about me just becoming this pious and perfect, beautiful Christian. It's about impacting others and drawing others to Christ. And when I go like this, this is what church is. Church is coming together. Membership. And there's a lot of debate about is membership a good thing or not and so forth. Membership is this. Sometimes people think in terms of membership being this. Oh, we got mm-hmm. to keep certain p- bad things and bad kinds of people. That's not what membership is. God's design of membership is this. Come. Here's a body. Here's people that love you.
0: What's one step people watching this can take to to have more of that mindset to, um, you know, well, specifically urban.
1: Be alive where you are with whoever you connect with. Um, but yeah, make a point of of going into your local city. I, I'm not necessarily blaming our Mennonite people or, or conservative kind of people for this, but I think it can, it can be a, a problem. The reason we don't live in the cities is because we're afraid. Mm. We're, we're fearful. We're fearful mm-hmm. of the impact of the negative things, and so we kind of white-knuckle it and we stay as far away as we can. Fear is the opposite of faith. God honors faith. There isn't anything that God loves more than when people simply trust Him.
0: And the mindset too, like that's something you're, you're really getting at is the mindset and the attitude of living in the city. You're doing it for something much, much bigger than just yourself or something like that. You, there's some very deliberate steps you want to take by moving here. I think that's really key. So what would you say to someone who would be interested in serving out here?
1: Make sure, check your motives. Make sure you're coming for the right reason. And as I said before, get healthy. Uh, Even if you're just coming for a year or two, you know, just really think about Start thinking about others rather than yourself. Get busy where you are. You know, sometimes we think, well, we're going to come to Los Angeles and we're going to do ministry. Well, if you're not doing ministry where you are, you're probably not going to do it out here either. In other words, if you're self-focused and just kind of doing your own thing and making sure you have a good time and enjoying your day Mm -hmm. or your week or your weekend, that's how you're going to be out here. And we're not interested in that. I mean, you can come out here if you want, but... You're not going to be excited about who we are. What 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 gives you the best your best experience in following Jesus? Uh, what really uh, lights your flame? You know what what really creates that bosom enthusiasm for you? Because whatever it is 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 a gift from God, and He wants to develop that. It may not be. There may be nobody else in the world that's doing exactly what you're doing in, in the way you're imagining it or whatever But just just follow your dream. Uh, let, let God Be your passion and then just follow that passion There will be some people that will understand it and maybe even get excited about it There may be other people that shake their head and say what? You, know, you can do that with your life. God will steer you. He'll tweak your vision. So, you know, don't be upset by that. Just to allow those influences to to tweak where you're going God can't steer a parked vehicle you have to get going you have to step out and Mm -hmm. get moving and then he will steer you and he'll use people to steer you obviously you can't just be a people pleaser and oh sure I'll do that oh I'll do this you you have to know who you are and you have to have your own passion and vision
0: wow well thank you everyone for listening in on on this episode Mm -hmm. You have been listening to Anabaptist Perspectives. For more information about us or to
1: read our blog, visit our website at AnabaptistPerspectives.org. Most of the conversations that you hear on this podcast are also available in video form. To find these videos, visit AnabaptistPerspectives.org or search for us on YouTube or Facebook. Though Anabaptist Perspectives is organized in cooperation with Wellspring Mennonite Church, Wellspring Mennonite Church does not endorse all views that are expressed in this podcast. We love to hear your feedback, so let us know what you think by sending us a message or by leaving a review wherever you get your podcasts.